Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. Great, intro, great introduction, and uh, man, I'm, I'm glad to be here. This is, this is obviously just a privilege for me. Uh, I was asked uh, a few weeks ago by our pastor, Randy, Randy Thornton, who has uh, quite a long relationship with Pastor Willie, to come up and speak. And uh, man, when he asked me, I was like, you want, you want me to come up and speak? He's like, yeah, I want you to, I want you to go up there and and uh, give them give them a word of encouragement. And so, uh, like I said, it's man, it's been a fun trip. I was able to come up here with my lovely girlfriend Ashley, and we we've uh, we saw a little bit of Lynchburg, not much. We came up late last night, stayed overnight, just had some breakfast, and, and came here. Got to meet a few of you all. Um, if you want to get to know a little bit more about me, I'll be here after the service. I'd love to love to meet some more people. I met a few folks over here on the right uh, earlier, but uh, before. Uh, uh, before we get into the message, I just want to go ahead and pray for our time together. So if you just join me in prayer. Lord Jesus, God, we thank you that, uh, that you're a cornerstone. God, I thank you that um, it's in you alone, God, that we find our hope. It's in you alone, God, that we find our strength. God, and I pray this morning, God, that you would speak your truth, God. You would speak your word this morning to all of us in this building, God. God, I pray that uh, your Holy Spirit, God, would highlight those things in our hearts and in our lives, God, which we need to take out of here today and live out in our cities, God, live out in our places of influence, God, live out in our homes and amongst our families. God, thank you for giving us this time this morning, God. Thank you for bringing us here and giving us the privilege, God, to worship together and to worship you, God. God, I pray you would bless your word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, uh, as I was, you know, I was praying this week, um, past couple of weeks, just about what, uh, man, what, what did God want to say this morning to Cornerstone Community Church? Uh, just trying to tap into His burden, you know, for for you guys. Obviously, I've never been here before. You know, this is my first time here. I don't, I don't really know anybody except briefly Pastor Willie and his wife. So, you know, just praying. I'm like, God, what, what do you want to say this morning? And and I couldn't get over this question um, that I mentioned earlier. Why, why, why was I asked to come up here and preach? You know, why, why man, an assistant pastor from North Carolina asked to drive three and a half hours up to Lynchburg, Virginia, and, and preach the Word of God and preach a message to you? And, you know, the obvious answer um, may have been, you know, unfortunately, Pastor Willie's had some uh, pneumonia in his chest and has been, been out sick, so he's been having some uh, guest speakers fill in from what I've heard. And maybe you'd be thinking, well, he, he was available you know, he's part of our church network, so he got asked to come up and speak. That might be one reason, but what I want to share with you this morning is the biblical reason why I feel I was come, even called up here to preach to you this morning. And so what we're going to do, we're going to start out in, uh, in the book of Romans. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead, and, go ahead and bust them open. We're going to be in Romans chapter 10 to start off with, and uh, I believe we have the scriptures on the, on the screen as well. So you don't have your Bibles, uh, you can turn your eyes to the screen. So uh, here in the book of Romans, uh, we, find, we find the Apostle Paul. Now the Apostle Paul wrote over half of, the, half of the New Testament. And here in Romans, he's talking about the message of salvation. The good news of the gospel that saves us. The good news for the entire world. The message of Jesus Christ and the hope that's found in him. And he's saying how this message is available to all people. Both the Jew and the Gentile. And so we pick it up and hear Romans chapter 10, starting in verse 13. Paul writes, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord 
will be saved. Verse 14, How then will they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in Him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. So according to Paul's writing here, he talks about the point of preaching. And why, why did I come up here today? Well, A, it's to share the good news of the gospel. B, it's so everyone in here can hear, but not only hear, that they can believe and then call upon the name of the Lord. We see that sequential reasoning for preaching here in Paul's letter to the Romans. And then in verse 17, he says, So faith, what I'm going to talk about this morning, faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the Word of Christ. So the one reason I'm here this morning is to generate faith on the behalf of the congregation of Cornerstone Community Church. My prayer is that this message would generate faith. The idea of faith. What is faith? What is faith? That's what I want to talk about this morning. How, how is faith generated? Verse 16, I want, to, I want to go back to verse 16 and read this because it's important and it's sort of the crux of, of, of this message today. Uh, after Paul, you know, 14 and 15, he builds up the importance of preaching, right, so that we can hear, that we can believe, and that we can call upon the name of the Lord to be saved. He makes a stark contrast in verse 16, and this is important. He says, but... That's a key word. It's a contrasting word. He gives, gives a statement. He says, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. So people have, everyone in the, this audience here this morning, all across America, wherever the word of God's being preached this morning, all across this planet, everyone has the ability to hear the word. We can all, you know, Lord willing, have ears to hear the word. But Paul says not all of them will obey the gospel. And that's what I believe faith is. And that's what we're going to see in Scripture this morning, that faith is not just coming in here and hearing the preaching of the Word and then going out and living a different life Monday through Saturday. Faith is coming in hearing the preaching of the Word, believing in it, and acting upon it. And so that word obedience has massive, massive significance when we talk about faith. And now if you go to, you know, you ask any average American, hey, man, what, what, what is faith to you? This word faith, man, it gets... It's such a general term, and I, I, I believe in our culture it's got so twisted. I go, you know, I hear this a lot of times. People say, um, I have faith in God. You know, I believe God exists. Therefore, I have faith in God. And while, yes, that's a partial truth, it's not, it's not the entire truth. It's not even close to the entire truth. It'd be like saying, man, there's a stool right here, okay? I can come over here and see. That's a, that's a stool, right? It's got one, two, three, four legs. It's got a support beam around the bottom. It's got a seat. That's a stool. I believe that's a stool. I believe that stool exists. Do I have faith in that stool? If I don't go sit and I don't go trust and sit on that stool to believe that it, that it actually will support me, I would say I don't have faith in that stool. And so many of us with God, we say, man, God exists. We even say he sent his own son to die on the cross. We believe the truth in Scripture, but so many of us don't obey. So many of us don't walk out and trust the word that he's given us. And that's, that, 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 that's the burden that God's given me this morning. That's, you know, this is what, what I often speak about, you know, when I'm asked to speak back at Grace Church is that 
man, we just can't come in here and hear a word, but then go out and live a completely different life. We've got to act on the Word of God. We've got to act on faith. You know, we can, and this is, this is something that, uh, uh, you know, that's really near and dear to my heart. I'm going to share later in the message part of my testimony. But, you know, I believe, man, we can show up to church every Sunday, every Sunday religiously. And we can come in here, man, he- hear the word of God and say, amen, hallelujah, that's the truth. Man, John 3.16, for God so loved the world, he, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish and have eternal life. Genesis 1.1, in the, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God. We can come here and affirm all these doctrines. We can believe them. But then we can completely not act upon them Monday through Saturday. Because I believe the kingdom of God is advanced Monday through Saturday. Because Monday through Saturday is when we go out into the, the workplace. Monday through Saturday is when we're surrounded by people who will never come into these doors. Monday through Saturday is when we're amongst our friends, we're amongst our families, we're amongst people that don't believe in God. And that's where the kingdom of God's advanced most often. So we have to come in here on Sunday, get the game plan, and go out and live it Monday through Saturday. You know, because there's some, there's some hard truths in the book of James. If you flip over to James chapter 2, I have it up on the screen here, but there's, and there's a verse in James that talks about how even the demons, they, they believe in doctrine. They believe that God is one. James 2.19 says, you believe that God is one, and you do well. Even the demons believe God is one, and they shudder. They believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. How many times in Scripture do we see demon, I mean, people who have demons in them, they come and throw themselves out, down at the feet of Jesus and say, Jesus, please don't send us away from this place. They recognize who Jesus is, just like I can recognize that that's a stool, just like I can recognize God exists. However, the demons don't follow Jesus. There's a difference. There's a big difference. So my question to you would be today, and maybe you've never thought about this, and it's a pretty obvious question, and uh, and the title of this message is, why do you come to church? Think about that for a second. Why do you come to Cornerstone Community Church this Sunday? Keep that question tucked away as we move through the message. Um, there's an illustration I saw uh, about a couple of years ago about how, unfortunately, a lot of churches in our country operate. Now, how many of you are football fans? Raise, raise your hand. Sure, quite a, quite a few. Now, um, I don't think uh, Jason mentioned this, but I'm a, I'm a Redskins fan, born and raised in D.C. I know there's a few Redskins fans in here. Amen. It's got to be a few, but uh, uh, so you know, I, I born, was born, you know, watch football, play play football um, quite a bit. Uh, but man, so many churches in America operate like a dysfunctional football team. I want you to picture this. Imagine you're watching your favorite football team on TV, and they're marching down the field. They've got the ball, and all of a sudden, they start to do something really, really, really weird. So the head coach calls in the play to the quarterback. And most of today's quarterbacks got an earpiece in so they can hear the play from the sideline. You know, calling the play so the, the quarterback comes in, gets his guys around him, says, all right, guys, plays 48 pitch, toss right. Ready, break. Now imagine if every single player came over here, and this is the bench, 
and sat down. It's first down. That's a, that's a, that was a great play. A great play call. All right, second down. Gets the play, comes in, quarterback says, all right, get in here, guys, get in here, guys. All right. Option right, Hail Mary, ready, break. Second down. That's a good, that's a good play call. Wonder, wonder if that's going to work. Go down and sit, sit on the bench. All right, third down. All right, all right. What's, what's the play this time? You got a, you got a, you got a good one. Yeah, listen to this one. All right, fullback dive up the middle. Ready, break. Third down. Go ahead and sit down. Get some water, man. And they turn the ball over. You'd be like, what in the heck is going on? They call a play and then they go sit on the sideline after every single play. It may seem dumb. It may seem ridiculous. It may seem what, what's going on. But the church does this all the time. We're coming here on Sunday morning. The word is preached. God gives a, gives a word to whoever's been called to speak. He says, okay, guys, this is the play. This is the play for this, this week. Go and make disciples. And then church comes says, ready, break. And we go off into our... Lies Monday through Saturday and sit on the sidelines and just watch as Satan takes over the world and just watch as darkness advances. Just watch as the kingdom of God does not grow an inch. And I believe this time when we come to meet, we're here to get the play call and then we're here to go and we're to be sent. We're here to be sent out into our city. This is the prayer of our church where Grace Church Southern Pines is that we would take the city. We just don't want to be a church. We want to take the city. We want to influence the city. And by influence the city, we believe we can influence North Carolina. And by influencing North Carolina, we believe we can influence the nation and the world. Because this is not just about church. And so, that, 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 man, that's, that's my prayer. Because James, reading down here, after, after, uh, after he says, you know, even the demons believe, um, you know, and, 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 you know, they have this orthodox doctrine, but they don't follow Jesus. In James 2.20, he says, Man, do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Useless. That's a, man, that's a big word. I definitely don't want to be useless. I don't want our church to be useless. I don't want the church of Christ to be useless. Because we can't, man, we can't come to church every Sunday, hear the word of God, claim to have faith, but then have no proof in our everyday lives. And, and let me be clear, I'm certainly not saying that I'm certainly not saying that that, that works is going to get us into heaven. Don't, please don't hear that this morning. Because the only way to get into heaven is belief through the grace of God and the sacrificial atoning work of Jesus Christ on the cross. That's the only way to have a relationship with the Father. However, it's clear in Scripture that genuine faith, there are works related to genuine faith. There are there's evidence, there is fruit, there is, there is produce coming out of that person's life. The famous Hall of Faith. How many of you have heard of the Hall of Faith? Hebrews chapter 11 talks about all the characters in Scripture who had the greatest faith. Characters like Abraham, Noah, Daniel. But if you read, if, if you look closely, after every character who's named in Hebrews 11, after their name is a verb, an action. And you, you know, the Hebrew word for faith has nothing to do with just believing. It means to take firm action. 
I read in Hebrews 11 about Abel. It says, by faith, Abel offered. It says, by faith, Noah constructed. It says, by faith, Abraham obeyed. By faith, Sarah conceived all of these characters throughout Scripture. We don't see anything about them saying, I just believe. No, they, they acted. They lived their life in surrender to the Word of God. Because if they didn't, we wouldn't have these stories. We wouldn't have stories about a man escaping from the mouth of a lion. I mean, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have many of these stories in the Bible. Because the entire Bible is composed of these characters who, who don't simply recognize the existence of God and then go off and live their lives. Man, they recognize the existence and encounter God and through that go live a life of faith and influence the, the world around them. And, and man, let me be clear. I, I'm speaking this message from a place of personal experience. Because for 18 years, 18 long years, I sat in a church. And you know what's funny? It was actually, it was actually named Cornerstone Community Church in Bowie, Maryland. It was, it was interesting when they asked me to come speak at Cornerstone. It just struck a chord in me. But for 18 years, I, I, I went to church every Sunday. You know, parents took me. Um, man, and I heard, heard the Word of God every Sunday. Got the play call from the pastor every Sunday. Knew the call that God had on me to follow Him. Knew the call that God wanted me to surrender my life to Him. Knew the call that He was telling me, Son, I've died for you. Now give your life up to me. Listen to it every Sunday. But you know what I did Monday through Saturday? Was sit right on the sidelines for 18 years. And my reasoning was, I went to a Christian school, you know, surrounded by Christian friends, surrounded by a great church. But I said to myself, well, man, I, I prayed the prayer in third grade, so I'm good. The, 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 the teacher said, man, pray, pray this prayer, ask Jesus into your heart, and you're good. So I, I said, okay, well, I, I prayed the prayer, so, you know, I got my, here we go, I prayed the prayer, I got my, got my, I got my golden ticket to, to the pearly gates, and I can sit, come over here and sit on the sideline. Eighteen years I did that. It was, it was terrible. Because I could literally feel the Holy Spirit in me saying, that's, that's, not, what, that's not what I called you to do. I called you to pray some prayer. I called you to follow me. You know, the disciples in the New Testament were called followers of the way. They weren't just called believers. They were called followers of the way. I mean, I would essentially use this, this, this ticket, this pray-the-prayer ticket as a get-out-of-jail-free card. Well, you know, because I prayed the prayer, man, I could justify my sin. Man, messing around with a girl, well, here you go. Here's my ticket to heaven. I already got it. I already did it. Take it. Here you go, God. I'm, I'm good, right? I'm going to heaven. I'm set. And, you know, how many people in our, in our culture, in our church, have been duped by the enemy's greatest plan? If you just pray a prayer, you can go sit on the sidelines. And not be a part of the kingdom of God. That's his greatest ploy. And that's, I want to unmask that because that's not the truth. I don't, I don't see that anywhere in scripture. And I hear that so, so far too often in too many churches. And I was reading one night in the book of Revelation. God, man, God spoke to me like I've never heard him speak to me before. Revelations chapter 3. I was reading, and God gave me an ultimatum. It was clear. It was precise. 
And it started in 3, verse 14. And to the angel of the church in Laodicea write, the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spit you out of my mouth. Now, that is not a, that's not a, not a, encouraging, real, uplifting scripture. I read that one night and God said, AJ, I see you. I've seen you for these 18 years. I've seen your works. They're neither hot nor cold. You claim to be a Christian, yet you go and sit on the sidelines. And you know what I do with people that are lukewarm? I spit them out of my mouth. I don't want anything to do with them. And God said to me, make a choice, son. Choose this day. Who am I going to serve? If it's me, then serve me. Then follow me and surrender to me. If it's not, then don't bother with me. Because all I did was lead people astray. I'm a Christian, but then I, then I go to live in sin. What, what? God's like, what are you doing, son? That's not, what I, that's not why I died for you. That is not why I sent my son to die for you. And later on, the light shines in that passage because he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him. God says, man, my, you can hear these words this morning. We all can hear these words this morning, but we've got to open the door. You've still got to open the door. He can knock all day. Every Sunday morning, he can just sit there, knock, 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 knock. And so many, so many people live life on the other side of the door just hearing the knocking. Never open the door. Never surrender their life. And that's, that's what I want to shed light on because that's what happened in my life. That's what happened in my life. And so I want to finish today's message with one of my favorite, but I believe one of the most important passages in the Gospels. Matthew chapter 7. The famous story about the man who built his house on the rock and the man who built his house on the sand. You all, I know you've all heard this story. Even if you haven't been in church, you've heard this story before. So let's go ahead and, and read it together. It says, starting in verse 24, chapter 7 again. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Now, the most important point of this passage, the most important point of this passage is both the man who built his house on the rock, that when the storms came, the floods came, his house stood, and the man who built his house on the sand, when the storms came, the floods came, and knocked it down. They both heard the word of God. Verse 24, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them. Verse 26, and everyone who hears... These words of mine, it does not do them. They all heard, they both heard the word of God. They heard the words of Christ. One chose to do them, one chose not to do them. And let me tell you, the storm will come. It's going to come to everyone. It came to both men in this story. But like we sang in Cornerstone, when we do the words of Jesus, when the storm comes, the house thing is not going to get knocked down. Because our life is surrendered to Christ. But man, we come in, the church every Sunday, we hear the words and we don't do them, 
When that storm comes, you, you read it right here. It's going to fall and great will be the fall of it. Disastrous will be the fall of it. And my prayer is that none of us have disastrous falls. My prayer is that all of us go out from this morning, go out and, and, and live the words of Christ. Because church doesn't stop right here. Church continues every day, 24-7. It's not just limited to Sunday morning. And like James says, faith apart from works is dead. We don't want to be dead people. We don't want to be a dead church. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely under the conviction that, man, the church in America needs to, needs to wake up. We need to start doing the Word of God. Because the way our world's going, we're the hope. The church of Christ is the hope for this nation. It's the hope for this world. And now's the time to not just come in and hear the Word and say, man, that was a good message. Hallelujah, I'll see you next week. And then go and sit down on the sideline. But hear the Word and say, okay, that's the play. Let's go. Let's go do it this week. Come back next Sunday and, man, have testimonies of what God did in your workplaces. Testimonies of what God's doing in your life. Testimony of what God's doing in your family. And then come back and get the play call for the next week and keep marching against the enemy. Because you know what? The enemy, he's not, there, there's no threat if we're on the sideline. It's just like playing in a game. Man, if I'm, if I'm on the sideline, I'm not a threat to the other team. I'm not even in the game. We've got to get in the game first. And then we've got to advance against it. You know, because the Bible says that you know, the gates of hell will not prevail against the coming of the kingdom of God. The gates are stationary. The kingdom of God is offensive. To be offensive, we have to get in the game. And if we get in the game, Jesus says, the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Those gates are sitting there, and we've got to bust through them. I'm, I'm telling you, we've got to bust through them. That's my prayer this morning. That's my prayer for, for you, Cornerstone. That's my prayer for, for, the, for the church that I was sent from. And, uh, you know, and if, man, if you're hearing this this morning, the Holy Spirit's, man, just working on you right now, surrender to it. It's, you know, Jesus doesn't just give us this or these messages. He's not here to condemn us. He's saying, this is for your life. I've come to give you life and life abundantly. He wants us to do these things so we can have life beyond anything we could imagine. It's a message of hope. It's a message of encouragement. And that's, that's what I hope you hear this morning. So if you, if you join me in prayer right now, Lord God, we just want to ask you, God, for... Well, God, I, just, I want to thank you for, for your Holy Spirit, God. I want to thank you for the conviction of the Holy Spirit, God. I want to thank you that we even have, have access, God, to the Holy Spirit that can lead us and guide us into all truth, God. God, because you give us your word, God, so that we can so that we can benefit from it, God, so that we can live and walk into those plans that you do have for us, God, so that we can walk into the destinies that you have prepared, the good works that you've prepared before the foundations of the world. God, we want to walk into those things, Lord, God, but we cannot do so unless we do your words, God, unless we act upon your words, unless we step out in faith, God. So I pray this morning, God, I pray over Cornerstone Community Church. God, I thank you for this church. I thank you for the work you're doing here, God. God, I pray that this church, God, not just be a church, God, but be an impactor of Lynchburg, Virginia. God, I pray this church would, God, impact the, the city, God, in which it's centered. God, change the spiritual climate of this city, God. And, and, and by doing so, that would ripple out into other cities in Virginia, ripple out into the state and the nation, God. That's my prayer, God. Let us not just be a church, God. Let us be a change agent in America, God, and use us, God. Use your children, God, for that. God, I pray that we are available to you, Lord, 
available, God, so that you can do your work in and through us. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for who you are. We thank you, God, that you're the cornerstone. God, and we thank you for sending your son, ultimately, Jesus Christ, to die a bloody death on a tree on our behalf. Thank you for standing in our place, taking the penalty for our sin, living the life that we can never live, and making a way for eternal life, making a way to heaven, making a way to a life with you, God. Thank you so much for that. That's the greatest gift we could ever receive, Lord. And I pray if you're in here this morning, you haven't, you haven't walked into that gift. You haven't received that gift. And not just receive the gift, but surrender your life to Christ. I pray you do that right now. I pray you would do that right now. Just respond to Him. Respond to Him. That knocking on your heart, He says, I knock, I knock, I knock, I knock. If anyone hears these knocks and opens the door, I'm going to come and I'm going to eat with you. The King of Kings says, I will come in and dine with you. So open the door this morning. If that's you, open the door of your heart to Him. And get ready to see what He's going to do in your life because it will be far more abundant than anything you've ever dreamed of. Hallelujah, God. We thank You this morning. God, I pray that as we leave this place this morning, God, You would send us. Send us to do Your work, God, this week. Send us to to see people's lives get changed this week in and around us, in our families, in our friends, in our workplaces. God, use us to advance Your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.